Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Bill. And I'm your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're on part eight of Drowning at the Dinner Party. In part seven, we listen to Mandy's recording of the entire evening, including an unnoticed arrival that occurred during the race. We learned of a possible connection between Hugh, Brendan Drake, and a farmer whose horses had long ago been mysteriously killed. And we discovered that Carolyn left during dinner to take a phone call and then threw her phone over the balcony. All right, everybody. I've called you all in here because there obviously has been a murder. But the question is, who did it? Obviously, someone had to have killed Vinny. We know from the scene that it was a murder. This is not a tragic accident. He didn't slip and fall into the pool. So which one of you had the opportunity and, and, and the motive to kill Mr. Vinnie Cabo. Now, all of you arrived around the same time, 5.30. Although one of you, who is no longer here, left quite early. A Mr. Brendan Drake. Well, that's true, he did. I gave my apologies and for together, him. And together, the evening continued on. You watched the race. There was some strange interference, which we now know was caused by a secret recording device. Uh, Tommy, that was you, right? Yeah, that was you. Totally you. And then went to dinner. Ate until Mandy discovered the body. Now, most of you didn't know Vinny. In fact, even Hugh barely knew Vinny. Well, I mean, we weren't best friends, but... When I arrived, you couldn't even remember his name. All right, all right. Throughout the night, you saw Vinny. Yasmin, you saw him standing in the corridor near the bathrooms. Mandy ran into him in the office. You were in my office? But little did you all know that that was not Vinnie Cabo. For you see, Vinnie didn't arrive until later in the evening. But the security guard that you all saw was in fact the murderer. (gasps) Somebody had tried to go to lengths to make sure Vinnie would not be here tonight. They called the security guard company that Vinnie worked for posing as Hugh Granger's wife. Who doesn't exist. Who does not exist. Yes, that is true. Thanks, you. Posing as Hugh Granger's fictitious wife to try and get the number of the security guard, who they then texted not to turn up to work today, hoping he wouldn't be here. Little did they know that, Hugh, you had won the security guard's phone in a recent game of cards. Right, that's true. And so he wouldn't have seen it. Exactly. And because of that, he turned up at his regularly scheduled time and he found this other security guard. Where? When? What? He saw him while he was in your master bedroom, digging around, trying to find evidence that would expose you as the notorious racehorse gambling cheat that you are. Whoa. A man who steals horses from farmers and raises them into winning racehorses and doesn't want the public to know. Hugh. And while that fake security guard, while fake Vinny was searching through your bedroom, real Vinny was doing his patrols outside and saw him through the glass door. He approached him, confronted him, and the fake Vinny reacted violently, pushing him, throwing him back to the pool and drowning him there. At this point, he didn't know what to do. He was covered in water, wet clothes. He was wet himself. There was a body in the pool. Surely it would be discovered soon. He had no way of disposing of it. So he returned to the master bedroom, got rid of his wet clothes, 
and tried to plan an escape. He knew the plan was going wrong. So he called the one person he knew he could trust. He looked through Hugh's drawers and he found a phone. And he used it to call a number, a number that now doesn't exist because the phone that he called is on the ground smashed into a million small whoa, pieces. Whoa, what are you saying, man? I'm saying, and I look straight at Tommy, that he called his wife, Carolyn. And I look oh. over at Carolyn. Carolyn, you received a call shortly before the body was discovered at exactly, oh, shall I say, 7.08 p.m. after the murder, but before the body was found. Dinner was still going on, so you stood up. I have this audio recording of you leaving the table to take a phone call and then conveniently losing your phone to destroy the records and to not be able to tie the number to your phone. Isn't that right, Carolyn Drake? Well, this seems like a foolish thing for me to say anything at this point. This is highly offensive. It's right. Don't you try and hide it. I don't know what you expect me to say, really. I expect you to admit your guilt. Oh. Your husband, Brendan, had been here all evening disguised as Vinny, searching to try and expose Hugh to the world for his crimes. And he got caught. He was panicking. You talked him through it, didn't you, Carolyn? You told him to gather his clothes and and wait and try and find time to escape. It seems like had something like this happened, someone would have been aware of it. Apparently there's some sort of fancy recording going on. How come no one heard me doing this? This isn't a very big apartment. Surely someone still would have heard me if this had happened. Not if you had left to go to the soundproof bathroom. The bathrooms are soundproofed? So you went in there, took the call, and you talked to your husband. That's right, it was Brendan. I already revealed this, sort of. (laughs) Through packing up, getting his clothes back out of the wet hamper, and wait to make a break for it. As soon as everybody was distracted with the body, he ran out, left the building while everyone else was over by the pool, so nobody heard him slam the door to leave. Although he was spotted by a kind old lady, Granny Crookshanks, (laughs) which allowed me to find this, and I hold up the, a plastic bag full of all of the still slightly damp guard uniform. Wait, what is that? The guard <laughs> uniform! <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it's true, you can see the hat! That Brendan, yes, the hat full of gold! This was found stashed on top of the elevator. From there, he went and grabbed the clothes that he had left uh, outside early when he first got changed into this security guard uniform, because you all know he didn't arrive in the uniform, he arrived in his casual clothes that you saw him in when he first uh, entered. And then... At which point, he went downstairs and he left the lobby fully clothed. Of course, when I reviewed the footage, I was looking to see if I'd seen the same man twice, but he never left the first time. And that's it. Simba, arrest Caroline. Oh, okay. I guess we should put our task force onto finding Brendan. Nah, he's fine. (laughs) Yes, go and find Brendan. Put an APB out on Brendan Drake. All right, let's end this episode with some siren noises. All right. Cool. Deconstruction? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Let's do it. Okay. Oh, so. So. I really liked this. Lots of cool stuff going on. It was very, I was saying before, I think I said off the air to you at one point, that it, it was so, it had this feeling of like those like Poirot bridge mystery. You know, the perfect mystery would be a game of bridge where everyone leaves to be the rubber at one point and then suddenly someone's dead. You know, 
who could have done it? When did they get up? When did they leave? It had kind of those elements of that, right? Like it was this small room with a few people. I suspected Brendan from the start in terms of someone who had left and, and not, not actually left, right? He had some mm. other secret agenda. But I wasn't sure about the murder. In the end, it was a murder of... Like the, the motives weren't about the murder, right? The motive was being caught doing mm. something else. So the real motives were invest, investigating Hugh. Yeah, I mean, he was a lawyer. If he gets caught doing something like this, his career's probably over. Yeah, that's true. And so, yeah, right, impersonating someone, stealing, snooping, all that stuff, like he really... He freaked out and he, and he killed this guy. Like, oh, it's so disappointing for Vinny. He didn't even need to be here today. Mm. He was two days from retirement. <laughs> Just like Randall. Just like Randall. He keeps hiring these old guys. Um, I really did think early on that Vinny wasn't necessarily going to be Vinny. Mm. Mistaken identity victim. Have we had a mistaken identity victim yet? We had the hint of, like, the, one of the red herrings yeah. of the first mystery was a, was a uh, mistaken identity victim. Yes. But you didn't go for it. But I didn't go for it. I mean, this one, I was really going for it. When we found the extra security outfit, oh, it was wild. I did love that moment. I really enjoyed in this one the few more moments of actual, like, discovery of physical yeah. stuff. I think it worked out really well. And it's very difficult to make those come in the right places because I have no idea how much investigating you're going into. No, right? It's, and even I don't know exactly how much investigating so you're going to a do. Lot, like, a surprising amount of this is me improvising and trying to fit with what I've already said with what feels like it's appropriate for what you're doing at the moment to encourage you to go in certain directions. And it's really difficult to mm. not contradict yourself a million times. Yeah, I can imagine. That's, there's a lot of, especially with this one where there's like tight timelines mm. and comings and goings and all this sort of stuff. It becomes quite difficult to, to keep track of what the implication is of all of those times and what people are going to take from them. Like, is 15 minutes enough to do this or... Mm, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. You know, and especially with all these, I had a few different timelines, and I think part of the problem for me was was taking a bit of a break and losing track of exactly what time and things same were happening. Here. Um, and I expected a little bit of time confusion because at some point in the evening there were two, there were Vinnies. two Vinnies. Now, were any of the people the people who spotted? So, what time did Vinny arrive? He arrived. You're asking me this now when I have made it very clear throughout the recordings that this was something I hadn't written down and was struggling with coming up with the best answer for because I just didn't True. have it in my notes. I mean, with, were any of the people who saw Vinny in like the hallway or in the. Was that all Brendan? Or was some of it real I Vinny? I didn't intend it to be all Brendan. Okay, so some of them were real Vinnies. That was my plan at the start. Okay. By now, I don't know if that's true. It's Things hard have to changed. Say. Yeah, okay. Interesting. It is interesting. There was one moment I th- I, that I. I felt like I supplied an idea that wasn't necessarily in your notes, which was about did Hugh's behavior change when the H. Wallace stories were coming Absolutely. out? Absolutely. And I just went, oh, didn't I say H. Wallace was writing a couple of years ago? But this makes sense. Let's see if I can sort of work with that in a way that isn't <laughs> contradictory. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah it, was, it's, 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 it is tough stuff to keep all, this thing, all these things together, especially because there's no way of knowing where someone's going to go. Yeah. Oh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. The person who called pretending to be Granger's wife, yeah. I'm assuming that was Carolyn rather than Brendan? Yes. Rather Not Brendan putting on a, on a voice? Right. That makes sense. So they were in it together from oh, the yeah. beginning. Um, yeah, I mean... Which Car- obviously they had to be, right? Carolyn absolutely suspected that something was up when he wouldn't give the horse up. And Brendan had been following this stuff. He believed that the industry was rigged. He'd been in her ear about this the entire time. So when Hugh started being suspicious, she started looking into it and thinking that there was something sus about this horse. Mm. Um, He was putting a lot of money into this thing. And if he was gonna wreck it she wanted to know why yeah now tommy 
felt like a character whose entire existence was a pile of red herrings. Was that kind of the intention? I mean, yeah, had, like, a little. He had a broken phone that was also it was just sort of broken because of a was any the cryptocurrency was an unrelated like tragedy, right? Yes, there were a couple of different things. He was more character building for everyone else. Mm. Like, had you asked in any way if you'd approached him with the idea of this interference device, he would have said, "Oh yeah, he uh, gave one of those to Mandy." Oh, he supplied. They were closer. They were closer than other people. So did he su- didn't. Well, I didn't have that in my notes, but I would have made it so ah, that he supplied cool. it to her. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, he was just kind of the go-between for other people. Because mm. yeah, I felt like there were. He could have answered where... a lot of your tech questions as well. Yeah, you but didn't it... fingerprint anything ever, which was no, I didn't always an option. That's true. What do you think? What would? What would, was there? Something you expected me to fingerprint? Maybe the phone. Or the one in that made the call. Yeah, that's a good point. I could have fin- found out who. I feel like a phone, I don't know how well that would work on a phone with so many fingerprints. People how many fingerprints it. would you expect? Vinny's. Yeah. Vinny's Hughes. That's too many. <laughs> um, yeah, that is interesting. I didn't really think about that sort of stuff. I wasn't really looking for that kind of physical evidence sort of sort of uh, kind of aspect of it. I wonder if that's something I should, now that I know I have a boffin who's got a cool voice, uh, maybe something I should keep in mind. I mean, it was just something that I had in mind as a possibility for this one. I don't know how much it'll come up in others. Mm. Though if I'm going to keep making physical evidence a thing, then I guess so. Well, yeah. I mean, I really liked it. I really liked the the additional physical evidence yeah. for this. It's really interesting because this is obviously a learning process for you for solving them. It is a much, I want to say, much bigger learning process for me and writing them because I, you're my playtester and I can't playtest these with you. Mm. There are things that I'll go back and listen to that I will absolutely want to change. I haven't typed these notes up yet. When I type them out for release with the final episode of this arc, they're going to look awfully different, aren't they? I to think, what I, I originally so, yeah. wrote. So it's going to be very iffy. I can tell you, like, this is the whole page of my solution for it. <laughs> so I can tell you exactly if you wanted to, what it looked like. Yeah, is it, is it very different from, from how it ended up? I mean, not excessively different, no. But okay. yeah, there are definitely little bits and pieces. So you can have a read of it yourself after and just feed, see the tiny little differences. Yeah, sure, I will. I mean, initially, um, her phone wasn't broken. Oh, interesting. So what would have happened if I tried to call it? Uh, initially, what was happening, uh, I still wanted that, but she would have just su- subtly re-recorded it herself to be a, uh, this number's not available, <laughs> which I did definitely do because at that point I hadn't decided to just break it instead. Oh, interesting. I only decided that right at the last minute. How funny. And I just joked about how it would sound rather than, I, 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 th- I think I took it as you being unsure yes. as opposed to her being unsure. Interesting. Um. Oh, how funny. But yeah, I think the big thing that I was leaning on with this was that text saying, don't come in. I loved that and moment. The text was great. And the fact phone. that he didn't get it, right? It's It made it turn into this. What I wanted. It, it was wonderful, right? Because the text made this whole thing like go from, is it a crime of passion? Is it a crime of this? Like what's going on? It was an opportunity to like, oh, this was really properly premeditated. Right, it's just great, and the connection between that and the and the and the uh, security guard organization. I also don't know how much you noticed. There was an awful lot of pushing by certain people against Hugh, and things to make it look like Hugh had potentially done this, because there were definitely people here who were not happy with Hugh. No, no, Hugh seemed like a like he didn't 
he had a bad relationship with the security guards. He had a bad relationship with Tommy. He had a bad relationship with uh, with Rex because and 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 Yasmin. Uh, a whole bunch of this sort of stuff. It was really interesting that he was not obviously a nice character. I do still picture him as Hugh Grant just because his name is Hugh. <laughs> so I spent this entire time picturing Hugh Grant in my head. Um, I don't know if that made him more or less likable. No, it's just weird because I was really going for the American accent with I know. him. Oh, yeah, he didn't sound like Hugh Grant at all. You should, I should congratulate Hugh Grant on his accent work. Um, the I, one thing that yeah. I had a lot of that I think I sort of subtly off camera, off off recording, what, yeah, what's the equivalent? Mic. Off mic. Mentioned to you, um, which is saying, cool, why don't you ask them what they think of the crime? And had you done that with more people a bit more, you would have gotten a lot more pushing towards you. Oh, okay. About that, who they thought did it. Yes. I feel like when I was trying to push towards that, I ended up going off on a, a physical tangent. Like I found some other stuff mm. that happened and went off and, and did those instead. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I really love this. I really like the way it all went together. I think it's a really cool mystery. I just, I, I don't know, just as a format for like the, the structure of this mystery came out really well. All right. Lovely. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I've See, just got to say, like, the big race. Time before dinner. That's the extent of my, the times in my notes. <laughs> cool. I said that the race was before dinner. Mm. Do you have in your notes at any point like, when A he arrived? A specific time? Absolutely not. I said, Well, I said that you hear the door during the race. Mm. But anything beyond that, no. Okay. I wonder if maybe that is something that you should that we should kind of get more I concrete. I think my intention was that Vinny was probably already there, but I'm not even sure. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, lovely. Well, thank you. Uh, that was lots of fun. I hope people – I wonder how many people got it. Uh, I, think I think people will get who the murderer was, but if they get yes, all I the side Brendan bits Yes, I think Brendan is an easy, easier pick yes. than recently as the murderer. It's, it's just like it's so easy to pin it on this the man who This is more like an episode of My Life is Murder. Which is an Australian TV show starring Lucy Lawless, which is very much whodunity, except it's got the very interesting feature of the person they suspect at the beginning is probably the murderer, and it's just about figuring out how the they did the, it, yeah. as opposed to it being a surprise who the killer is. And I at think the this end. has a bit more. It's of that really interesting it. how it um, works. So it'd be interesting to see if people know. Like, I would be really interested to see how early people might suggest. Oh, the security guard people exactly. saw was not Vinny because that's like the key, and I yeah. love that. Like, it's great. Love a good mistaken identity. And it's hinted right at the start. The first thing you hear is that Hugh doesn't know a security yes, guard right? very well. It's wonderful. Like, it's really well set up. It's really cool. So, it's people, maybe people get it first try. Maybe we'll have Could some be. really early solves. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see. Thank you. That was great. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I'm sure there's like a normal outro playing. Yeah, sure. Um, wonderful. Thanks, guys. See you all next time. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Seller. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Solve This Murder. For questions, queries and theories, send an email to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com. Thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt of Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.